listener. This podcast contains conversations about mental health between people that are not health professionals. Any advice given about living with and handling depression or other diagnoses should not be taken in lieu of advice from psychiatrists, counselors, and physicians. Thanks and enjoy! Welcome to SSRY podcast, a tangential podcast, really, about depression. I am your host, Peter, and with me always is my co-host, Marta. Hi. And today, uh, today's topic is going to be about uh, moving, since Marta will be moving far, far away. So far. Um, All the way. I mean, I guess in the olden days, it would have been far. But yeah, well, yeah. Now I've never we... seen you ever again. <laughs> just like, I'll write you letters. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's like an hour and a half away. Mankato. Yeah. Oh, that's not too so, far. No. Nope, nope. Still an hour and a half that I probably won't drive very often. No, I mean, realistically, I mean, what, you'll know me and Casey and Mankato. And me and Casey know tons of people here. So if anyone is going anywhere, it's probably me. That's Casey true. and I are coming That's true. Here. But at the same time, like, it'd be nice to see your new place. Once there is a brewery. One. So. Hey, oh. <laughs> And Everybody some bike trails. Everybody knows that I like beer. And there's some bike trails. So you can do a little biking, drink a little beer, get down tonight. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Indeed. But before we get into that, uh, let's do some... Depression and science. Yeah. Yeah, so... Science corner. Uh, so this is from Science News Magazine again. This is when we we talked about coffee, the jumping Java. Yeah, yeah. Last time, um, and this is about how stress differs in men and women. So I remember when I think when we had Josh on the show, mm-hmm. we talked about how there's just a lot of research missing on women. Yeah, just women, yeah. like in like in a lot of fields, but mental health, especially anxiety, depression, PTSD. I wonder why that is? I, I think it's just the you know, I don't really know. Um, I, mean, I, I, I wasn't just, actually like, asking for a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, like, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, of the two of us, I feel like you would know yeah, more because yeah, you're yeah, in yeah. social science. Yeah. Like, I deal with soil and water, dude. Well, my job is to ask that question and then, you know, through a long, arduous process, eventually answer it. Well, I mean, I'm sure that, like, you know, white men were kind of the standard for study for a long for the time. perfect human, yep. And then women were deemed too complicated because, yep. you know, their hormones change. All that hysteria. That, yep. that hysteria and that 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 period, man, just too There's much. There's blood coming out of you once a month. Nope. So it's gross. It's gross. So gross. Not, you know... So much grosser than like poop or anything else that like comes out of our body. Well, it it is grosser uh, because it is our life force. Like we don't we associate blood with life force, and if you're leaking life force, like you're probably a tainted person. <laughs> but it's just so funny not to go on like a feminist rant here. No, but, I got like, you. But, but at the same time, at the same time, like poop like, is gross. So is menstruation. It's gross. It's natural and should be stigmatized and shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, uh, like people avoid talking about it or talking about their issues about it but we also have to admit that it is gross yeah no it is but it's just kind of funny how like if someone is bleeding from their knee someone would be like oh are you okay also like, gross. can i get you a band-aid <laughs> whereas like if someone like bled through their pants just like you should be ashamed of yourself yeah, like, see, the shame shouldn't happen yeah yeah but everyone should acknowledge it's gross it's like you poop yourself yeah. You know? No, I mean, because, like, I hate these, like, analogies about, like, you're blooming into your womanhood. Like, no, it's just gross. It's just, like. Yeah, and it's violent. Just, you pee out blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. You're sloughing <laughs> off your uterine wall. I know. What if we laid eggs like chickens? You do lay eggs. Well, but it's, like, messy. Like, what if you just could go to the bathroom and just doop, doop, plunk doop. out an egg and then you're Blow done? Out. You're done for the month. That'd be like how, awesome. How big of an egg? Like, <laughs> are we comparing, like. If 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 a chicken makes that size of an egg, and if we take it proportionally, a human size egg, It'd be like, pretty terrifying. That's a huge. I guess I mean that's like that's children. I wonder isn't if it? it hurts chickens. You know, like if they get cramps, like if chickens get cramps from eggs. I don't know. Because they lay one like every day, that would kind of suck if it hurt. Some it. lay several. Do they? I don't I know. Don't, I, don't, sure. I, don't, I actually have no idea. 
I've been to a chicken farm. I have no idea. I I mean, different breeds, I'm sure. Like, we've bred chickens to be super layers at this point. Yeah, know? well, they're not really chickens anymore. Just like... They're commodities. Yeah. They're yeah. genetically modified commodities. Yeah. Anyway, so back to <laughs> depression. Which I just science. had some earlier. <laughs> some chickens. It's delicious, yeah. Some chickens. Um. Okay, so yeah, so they did this study on differences in stress and this wasn't actually on like male and female humans this was on rodents just to clarify so this is still like preliminary stuff so were they measuring chemical reaction Mm -hmm. oh okay yeah and i i guess that you know i've never really understood this fully because i don't deal with this side of science but i guess that that mice are close enough analogy to humans that Mm -hmm. we use them for studies um, so anyway, so there are these three different studies that they highlighted in this article, and there was one group that looked at how, um, f- there's a difference in, so if a male and a, f- and a female mouse are, like, exposed to the same kind of stress, there are these receptors for stress, um, it's like this in our brain, and this this it's called crf and it acts as a hormone and a neurotransmitter so Mm, when it's mm -hmm. a neurotransmitter then like you know it can it can read that you're stressed out and so in males if they're exposed to stress a lot over time they they will pull back receptors so like basically are able to adapt to the higher amount of stress sure but females don't and they just stay like at that heightened state and it causes them a lot of anxiety and depression and ptsd And, and yeah, and so it's, it's, it kind of sucks because it makes me think like maybe women are weaker, you know? Well, well, it's different. It's different. different. It's different. But like what that means to me then is if you take a look, if, if this is true then for humans. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. uh, If it is true then for humans and we look at the careers that women have, stereotypically that women have, they're more often than not less manual work and more emotional work mm-hmm. where you're going to be uh, uh, under a very specific kind of stress, uh, an emotional stress. And if that, if you start uh, having depression and anxiety, that's going to spiral further and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Well, I think of like, you know, nursing is a huge yeah. female profession, social work. Yeah. Like all of all these. All these things where it's, it's, it's uh, um, a human contact kind of thing. Like it's not it's not mechanical engineering, which there are plenty of women mechanical engineers. That's not I'm not saying that women can't be mechanical engineers. Yeah. But like just stereotypically thinking of 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 jobs that women have historically had yeah. this entire time. Well, uh, and with if with like gene therapy becoming the way it is, there sure. might actually be able to like well, a we should probably look at the societal reasons for like why we're well, so yeah, stressed out. But also, I'm sure there's actually in this next study, they looked at there's like actually a way to alter in the female mice, like the response. So the next study they looked at um, and this kind of freaked me out. um, Stress hormones can cause modifications to DNA. So it can actually like start altering your DNA and and then it can alter gene expression and gene activity in turn because your basic underlying code of like your body and all the elements of it is changed and then it can change gene expression and so they looked at this in female mice and male mice and they found that there was like this specific change to the dna and then they were able to treat female mice and with that and then they saw like a decreased so basically we're doing gene therapy Mm -hmm. so like okay we see an increased level of activity with this part Let's let's treat this so we can like keep the DNA from being changed. Yeah, and the, and like the female mice were able to be less stressed and like susceptible to a depression, which is like crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, and then the third one was um, they found that so like oxytocin is this it's called the warm fuzzy hormone because it's like you like feel good like when you have like oxytocin but they actually are finding that maybe like elevated levels of oxytocin can be detrimental Mm -hmm. to your brain chemistry um and it seems like in 
in in the male mice, they're I think they're able to slough off the excess oxytocin, mm-hmm. and then the female mice have more. So like they did this study where they like basically put the male and female mice with like a bully mouse, like just like a really aggressive mouse. And then within two weeks, the males resumed normal behavior of like socializing and doing new experiences and yada, yada, yada. But the female mice remained fearful for 10 weeks after Whoa. that. So much longer and were more like less likely to interact with strange mice, new situations like social anxiety like um situational anxiety all this stuff so there is definitely a difference and the end of the article they they talk about how it's only a matter of time before medications for anxiety and depression are formulated differently for men and women to account for biological differences which i totally agree with because right now it seems kind of like a take this and we'll see what happens like yeah yeah well i mean you have and that's that's, 30 different options maybe one of these will work and then on top of that you have different body chemistry and then different hormone balances and yeah this is really it was really interesting so yeah we'll have to see if yeah i mean now this is just mice which i feel bad for these mice like they had to be put in these like stressful situations like like some of the stuff was like they were briefly suspended by their tail they were like left to swim for like 15 minutes it's okay, so just Marta. it's okay i mean at the end they all got killed so it's fine i know it's where we like dissect their brains yeah exactly i just yeah I they just... were born to die yeah isn't that a song by... yeah, probably there's probably also yeah. some phrase of something somewhere anyway no, I just uh, time had already ravaged these <laughs> mice you in ever, the future. Have you ever seen the movie The Rats of Nim? Because it's like rats that have escaped from labs uh, and are like really, really smart and maybe. scary. Is it animated? Yeah, it's animated, but it's dark. And it's kind of like um, Watership Down. <clears throat> you know, like those animated movies. Which they're the- remaking Watership Down. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the 70s one was so good. Yeah, well, this one would be probably more tragic. You think so? Probably. I mean, <laughs> like, I feel like they might whitewash it. Nah, no. nah. I'd probably okay. take the other way. All right, interesting. Huh. Maybe um, we'll find out. Not that I'm gonna watch it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But like the BBC's putting it on. Oh, okay. okay. So it'll be darker. <laughs> That's good. Well, because like I recently saw BBC or. Yeah, I think it was BBC is doing a series of uh, the Golden Compass, which is one of my favorite. Oh sure, yeah. Children's books. Uh huh. Yeah. And the the, the movie was movie? yeah yeah awful. It was so whitewashed. They took out a complete part, like a really important part of the plot, and then plus that it was just like, it was bad. Was that important part about atheism? It was about God. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably why they took it out. Because there's this it's this element called dust. It's kind of like an analogy for God. And it just, it was so funny how, like, whitewashed it was, but, m- like, there was all these, like, moms that were just like, don't let your kids see this movie yeah, or you will become atheists. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've, that's, I, I've never seen the movie, but that's all I know I about it. I read the full series as a kid, and I can tell you, like, it didn't indoctrinate me. Yeah. You... Which, <laughs> don't get me wrong, books are super powerful. Books have changed my life, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time... <sighs> I'm not going to, like, uh, you're not going to change somebody's belief uh, uh, by having them read a children's book. Well, and it's, I mean, it's a pretty, I, I reread the series recently because it's called His Dark Elements, and it's The Golden Compass, The Subtle Knife, and The Amber Spyglass. And there are some, like, pretty interesting theological things that happen. Sure. And, like, that I didn't really pick up on as a kid. Sure. And I really liked it, honestly. Like, I I thought it was really cool. I don't know. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. But that did that be uh, did that then be your compass for <laughs> your faith? No. Was it a golden <laughs> compass for you? <laughs> like it was in the sense like it helped make you who you are. But no, I think I, I mean I think stories definitely help shape how I think of, sometimes. Of course, and but if, if a book is what changes your mind about something as deep as uh, as yeah, faith... It obviously wasn't that deep. If yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, but, like, uh, it's one thing to be if it's, like, a philosophical work or something, but if, like, if... If, uh, uh, if I read Lord of the Rings and then decided, you know what? 
the elves have it right. Except you, yeah, I guess you, the people do just do leave. That. The just more I think about it, the more I think about it, it's just uh, there are fandoms and things like that. So I guess people do put their yeah. lives around books. I suppose everything I, suppose. I just said was invalid. No, I don't think so because I mean, people live out the world. Like there's like you know Comic Con, different like sure cosplay stuff, but. As far as like theology and like underlying worldview, who knows? I mean, there's probably some books that like make you think, mm-hmm. which I think is important. And I think there are some ways of teaching theology. Like I'm sp- thinking, like especially Christianity. There's some very like brick wall theology. Like if you take away one brick, then everything crumbles. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If you have more of a like open spirit and kind of like open mind toward things and one like one question is not going to crumble your entire existence of your faith yeah like, absolutely because doubts i think are super important and thinking yeah, is super doubts important. doubts are a part of faith <laughs> and if they're not then then maybe a reading a book could yeah shake your world yeah that's true yeah but i think that's why people fear books and why there's been so much book banning and book burning because they don't even want to think about that it's better not to know that's a bummer. <laughs> I know, right? It's a bummer because it's misplaced. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of decisions are made by fear. I mean, just look at our bathroom laws right now. It's very true. <laughs> it's very, very true. Yeah. But anyway, how's your week been? Uh, my week has been interesting. The first part of my week was fine, but then midweek I took my German exam again, and it was um, just unfairly hard. Because I prepared for essentially uh, slightly harder than... Because um, what you did last time. I yes. Mean, yeah. I prepared for what happened last time. Yeah. And then this time they gave me something that was highly specialized and at a level of like, if it was in English, it'd be at a grad school level. Which, if it is the case that they want me to be at a grad school level... Uh, of being able to read German, then they have to give me the topics upon which they're going to give me articles on. Mm-hmm. Because... Because they're basically... That that is like forcing someone to be fluent. Yes, like, yes. It's like... I it, think even if you sent that article to my father, who's fluent, he still would have to look up some words. Absolutely. Because absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because those words might have been made by the author or they might yeah. have been uh, made by uh, somebody that they referenced earlier in the book. Uh, and so it's these when you have these words that do not really exist in common language, everyday language, you don't know if it's a philosophical concept. You don't know. So then when you're trying to summarize this article yeah. uh, with these words that you have no idea what they are, so you just broke them down to their English roots or not roots, but like you 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 took each uh, uh, word from the compound noun and then we're like wrote it out in English and it still doesn't make sense. Like, how are you supposed to summarize something that doesn't make sense? I don't know. I don't know. It's It was unfair, and I may write a strongly worded letter to someone. I don't know. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because also it was a, a, a specifically about theology, um, which is fine because I have a background in it, so therefore I knew some of the vocabulary. But just just because I could sound it out and knew it in English. But all PhD students have to take a language requirement, but not all PhD students are theology PhD students. I'm not a theology PhD mm-hmm. student. I just have a master's in theology. So to force someone to translate something in theology, which is outside of their field, is not fair. Yeah, I would definitely write a letter to somebody if it was me. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It seems like I study English. ethics and social theory. <laughs> What does that have to do with eschatological theology? I mean, yes, you could you could say that one does, but none of my research about pop culture consumption and uh, banality are about contours of eschatological theology. <laughs> so I'm not going to learn the vocabulary in German about that. No. Anyway, that's my rant. That's been my week. So how was your week, Marta? Oh boy, um, my week was really a roller coaster of emotion, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. um, of the move. Yeah, because of the move, and then just like the week started out well with, uh, like I turned my thesis into my advisors. Like here you go, final edits. Let me know what you think. Hoping you know it was sent to the grad school, 
Wednesday, it's like Casey and I have a family member that's in hospice and mm-hmm. took a turn for the worse. So Casey went down Wednesday, and we both Is been Casey kind still of down like, there? no, he's back now. Um, but he was down, yeah, Wednesday, all most of the day, and uh, and had been there the week before, and so it's just kind of a. I don't know. Hospice is such a roller coaster. Sure. Sometimes they're doing well. Yeah. And but at the same time, they're like, not doing well. Yeah, like you know, and like. And it, what is well? Yeah, you know, they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's such a it, yeah. So we've both been kind of like a wreck because it's just like trying to figure out all this logistic stuff, but then also just like grieving, and um, that's tough. Yeah. yeah so then on of top of that, like, oh, I'm starting a new job on Monday. I'm moving to a new place. I mean, granted, it's with my parents. Sure. New environment. Won't have my cats. Won't have, like, the co-op next door. Won't have, like, stuff I'm used to around me. Um, Yeah, so I just kind of had, like, a freak out, I think, on Wednesday where I just just broke down. Sure. I can't do this. Rightfully so. (laughs) Rightfully so. um, Yeah, so I've been kind of up and down this week. I feel like now I'm, like, feeling pretty good and... You know, just take one day at a time with the new job. Sure. But it's still scary. I mean, you have yeah. you have a lot of like life events happening all at once. Yeah. And I don't know where we're living in Mankato. So like starting yeah. to like, what if we don't find a rental? Yep. You know, like just like stuff that probably will work out. It's just a lot to think about. So. Well, <laughs> that sucks so much. <laughs> Yeah, because like having a, a family member die or or on their way out and uh, starting a new job, moving, also looking for another place to move. Then after that, yeah. I mean, if you were if you were to take one of those those, what is your stress level at tests? You could like check off these huge yeah. numbers. Yeah, so. well, and just I think I got freaked out mostly because I was just like, I don't feel excited for this new job. It's because, like, I'm just so stressed, you know, like, I realized that, like, after I freaked out. I'm like, eh, okay, everything's going to be fine. But like, are you excited about this new job? I am. I That's am. great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's you know, it's a lot of change all at once. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Like, unfairly uh, so. But and, then, and then, of course, like, I got emailed back with, like, more edits for my thesis. Of so course. it's like, oh, thanks. One more thing. Thanks a lot. Are they are they pretty significant edits? I haven't looked at them because I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> for all you know, it could be like, mm, uh, you forgot some periods on your foot. I know. Like, sometimes I work myself up about these emails because, like, I'm just like, oh, I no, can't I... look at this. I cannot deal with this right now. And sometimes, like, once I look at it, I'm like, oh, okay. But just, like. Just it can't be. Yep, with it. because the minute you open it, you're like, this could go one of two ways. Yeah, either fine or just so totally screwed. I think I'll just watch BoJack and eat popcorn. You're still on a BoJack kick, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh. For some reason, um, I think it was Josh recommended I watch it now that I'm not depressed because I watched it when I was like full on huge run. Oh, I should rewatch it then. Um, and I was just like, oh, this is so brutal, but. I watched it all, and then now I'm just like laughing. I just didn't like the the second season wasn't for me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The I first agree season with that. was good, but the second but season was meh. I don't know, but now I just am like recognizing behavior. I'm just like, oh, this is great. <laughs> especially one where he's like trying to write, and I just was laughing my ass off because it's just like a classic me avoiding working on my thesis. Oh edits, yeah. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, this is dirty. I got a vacuum and the vacuum breaks. He's like, oh, God, why won't you let me ride? And then he, like, goes to the vacuum store and buys, like, five vacuums. Yep. And it's just like. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. So, yeah, no, I think overall I'm good, but it's been kind of a turbulent week. Um, but, yeah, so I'm looking forward to, you know, starting a new job. I think a routine will be good. Um, in some ways I, like, rebel against a routine, but. Uh-huh. And then living with my parents will be nice, I think. Yeah, because it's, you know, they're cool. And hey, that's great. It'll be a comforting place to be in. They'll probably cook for me sometimes. Hey, that's super good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so we kind of want to talk about moving because we've both moved pretty far distances away from home. Yep. At different points in our life. And yep. Having depression, that can definitely be interesting. 
Yeah, well, most certainly. I mean, the big reason why I am back here uh, in Minnesota uh, and not in California is because of my depression. Because you were living alone in Berkeley. Yep. I was living alone in Berkeley. I mean, I, I when I left, I did have a, like a good, solid group of friends that oh, I would nice. hang out with at any given time. But at the same time, like... Uh, I didn't have as as much history as I do here and all that kind of stuff uh, of like uh, um, so the friends didn't have as deep a connection as I have here uh, mm-hmm. and so therefore we're not I couldn't rely on them in the same way that I can rely on my friends here for my mental health mm-hmm. uh, I, and so that that was partially the reason uh, among a myriad of others but uh, living alone, I've realized that living alone without a support group or support like uh, a group, a network of friends or something like that, or of uh, people I know in general and like trying to form new friendships and stuff um, across the country is not uh, not my ideal. No. I mean, I, I, I would definitely do things differently if I were to do it again, but and I would uh, uh, I'd have a, d- a little different outlook because I had never done it before, but. Uh, I came to realize that I'm much more Midwestern in my mentality as well. So, uh, like, um, since I spent some time on the West Coast as sure. well, what, what, like, what are you thinking? Like, any specifics on like differences, or just kind of generally? Well, within the San Francisco Bay Area, I mean, I ta- I think I talked about this in like the first episode, but uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area, they're very liberal, uh, which is great because I am too. But th- what they prioritize as far as their social issues are different mm. than myself. Um, I would prioritize the the people around me as opposed to the ideas around me um, uh, or my own identity. Um, like the the prime example that I've that I tell people is I got off the bus and I saw a person uh, lecturing a homeless man about his pronoun usage. And and that kind of just summed up the Bay Area for me as far as ideas go. Um, like, I don't know, would you ask him if he's eaten today? You know, does he yeah. have a place to sleep? Things like that. But uh, pronoun usage was the sticking point. So it's misguided. I mean, they legislate, uh, they actively legislate against their homeless uh, and against um, – things that would bring a community together but then they will uh uh bring up at city meetings um light pollution Hmm. Uh, so like where are your priorities at Mm -hmm. they're they're in these weird uh bourgeois liberal um ideas and they bum me out there's a huge tech industry out there too yeah it's a huge well yeah and the gentrification that goes on and the, the the uh, the way that uh, marginalized communities are treated, uh, uh, except for gender identity, uh, are treated pretty shittily. So it, it's it's very it's an accepting, non-accepting place. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. I didn't run into that so much in Tacoma. Um, I guess, like, I mean, maybe if I'd been in Seattle, that's Tacoma's well, kind of it like it might be totally different in Seattle. Yeah, and, but like I the San Francisco Bay Area, probably because of the tech boom and all the money that is there, yeah. and all the money that is not there, uh, in those two worlds colliding, there is a lot of thing. ideals that kind of come yeah. out of. I mean, Michael Pollan came out of Berkeley, and he has mm-hmm. a lot of good ideas. But like, some like I definitely read his stuff. I'm like, this is not for the general public. This no, is definitely for not for affluent. It, white well, people. it's for yes, yeah, for affluent white people to think differently about how they're consuming. Yeah. Uh, which I think is appropriate, but at the same time, uh, uh, when you make, you know, when you don't make enough to pay for your rent every week, or you're not living paycheck to paycheck, in fact, you need assistance in between there, uh, like, you can't live on real yeah. food. Or, I mean, if you're working to three four you know like like how many jobs yeah a bunch of jobs or like you're sleeping in a car how can like, you really cook from scratch bingo yeah exactly well and cooking from scratch is a privileged thing that you can get fresh ingredients and uh, uh you can afford those fresh ingredients because fresh ingredients are more expensive than buying processed foods yeah unless you go to a farmer's market let's go to a farmer's market or you somehow uh um you have some land you have you have a piece of land or you know what to shop for Mm -hmm. and you know like but at the same time like you still have to have that knowledge of where and when to shop yeah 
that uh, is in uh, uh, not necessarily accessible to everybody. And once again, that knowledge is easier accessible to white people than it is to white affluent people than it is to non-affluent, uh, uh, different ethnicity, different race uh, uh, person, especially in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then um, my time in Washington, so I went to school, Pacific Lutheran University. Sure, yeah. Four years. I just wanted to get out of the Midwest, I think, is really why I went. Um, they had a really good environmental science program. And it was really fun to study geology out there. Sure, you've got the ocean. Yeah. You've got volcanoes. You've got glaciers. It's like a geologist's oh, wow, yeah. paradise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, as opposed to if you were to do that at, like, the University of Minnesota, you'd still get, like, some cool stuff. No, this, but, like, you wouldn't get the same yeah. diversity. Yeah, I mean, because we do have some igneous rocks here sure. from previous volcanism. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I got more diversity. I mean, I I was actually a TA for an oceanography class. And we got to go look at tide pools and stuff, and I freaked out because I'd never seen them in the wild. So I was just oh, sure. running around, like, giggling like a little child and poking, like, you know. Like, awesome, yeah. Like, <laughs> anemones and stuff, just like, <laughs> you know. It was awesome. Yeah, so just um, being out there was really great. Um, I didn't get homesick a ton. But, yeah, so, like, the culture, um, people just didn't, it just didn't seem like people were as close to their families. And maybe that was just, like, the people Mm. that I was, like, that was not everyone. Like, I definitely had friends that were very close with their families. But just, like, being near your family wasn't a big priority. Like, living near your family and so when um, I decided, I mean, when I was done with college, I, I loved being out there. The The winters were rough. I think maybe if I wasn't depressed, I'd maybe yeah. enjoy them more. Well, yeah, that's the same I feel with uh, living out in the Bay Area. Like, if I wasn't so deeply depressed, I probably would have had a lot better time. Yeah. Well, and and it, wouldn't like, have seen all this negative stuff all the time. Yeah. Like, because I'm looking, actively looking for it uh, uh, when I'm depressed. But, I mean, because, like, I had, like, some good hikes that were nearby me so i could get outside and be like wow like it's beautiful here See, i didn't go outside okay so there was like i enjoyed the sun i walked to the bus station or i walked to or like bus stops or or train stops or i walked to wherever i was going but like i, I wasn't going outside for the sake of going outside oh man i loved i, sh- I- closed my shades uh, <laughs> uh in my apartment I never had my shades open. Never let sunshine in. I was so pumped to live somewhere urban where I could take the bus. So I got really into, like, I definitely had some mishaps, you know, taking the bus the wrong direction. And, like, just, like, yeah. But I loved being able to take the bus into, like, downtown Tacoma because we were in a suburb. And then, like, taking the bus to Seattle and going to Pike Place Market. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. Um, Yeah, I met some great people out there. But just, yeah, when I... When it was time for me to be done and, you know, like my family was back here. My siblings were still in high school. Um, Casey and I, you know, we thought maybe we'd we made like a list of cities that we wanted to move to. And so we were trying to like find jobs. And I found a job in the Midwest. And then I was telling people like, oh, I want to go back to be near my family. And they're kind of like, oh, like there was just kind of this momentary like. Like, because people were like getting Fulbright grants to go sure, yeah. all over the world and like go backpacking Europe for. I mean, people were pretty affluent at this school because it was like a liberal arts, you know, like yeah. private college. And so a lot of my peers, like even before they got to college, had been like all over the world. And sometimes I felt a little bit like the outsider in that because sure, I was like, yeah. oh. but yeah. And there was this independent streak too. Like I remember, like there was this guy that was kind of like the quintessential like independence like like west coast independence like this white guy who was just like so i was talking about how um because when i graduated i was going to be a chaperone for my brother and sister for their choir trip to england sure and yeah. i was excited because like sweet, yeah. the three of us together and he's like no the way you have to experience europe is you have to like backpack by yourself and just like wander around and i was just like no. Screw you, man. First like, of all, <laughs> yeah, first of all, thanks, man. As a as a woman, I can't really do that in the world. But uh, also, uh, yeah, well, there's this uh, – maybe it's Midwest. Maybe it's just our upbringings. Whatever, yeah, that's the thing I can't untangle is it's whether it's Midwest or just, like, way my family is. Yeah, well, I I don't know. If it's, if it's just family, then everybody I hang out with's family is the same way. 
Uh, which makes me think maybe it is a regional thing. Maybe, yeah. Of like Minnesota, Iowa, because that's really the only people I know are Minnesotans and Iowans. Um, where it's it, whether it's your family or your friends, you have a very close knit network mm-hmm. of people, and most people that I know have that. Uh, they have like a handful of people that they're super super close with, uh, but at the same time, going out to the to the coast or like talking to people from uh, uh, other places besides the Midwest, it is a little more individualistic Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's not so much quote unquote family oriented in the sense of like small community Mm -hmm. um, uh, like network of people. Yeah. Much more, much, much broader, much shallower network. Uh huh. A lot of acquaintances, very few friends. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and then I think the Midwest thing of like close knit can have, I mean, that's a double edged sword because absolutely being a kid that moved around a bit when I was young, you know, I like uh, I came into elementary school in Albert Lee, third mm-hmm. grade, and it just felt like people had already figured out who their friends are. And yeah. like Casey has friends that he's had since like kindergarten. And I don't have that experience, and I don't have very many close friends from high school, like really not any at all and yeah, so i mean i i i talked to zero well like, I, I talk, mean, I I guess talk to like one on on well not even that that often but that i have a often, i have a couple like, friends still but it's just you know i mean part of moving around a lot is i got good at like meeting new people and branching out sure. so i, I was to do that <laughs> yeah it's like going to plu i made a lot of uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of close friends. It was more of the I've always been kind of like that. I'm not I'm not a Abby and Alana. I don't have like sure. a group of people that I hang out with all the time besides Casey because we're married. But um, yeah, so like, you're legally obligated to hang I, out. Yeah, I have yeah. to. Yeah, you have yeah, to. Yeah, we have mandatory. a contract. You yeah. know, so, you, you have know, a, you X have a many literal hours. contract <laughs> called a marriage license <laughs> that says like, oh, you gotta be close together. So. Um, yeah, and so, like, in that respect for Mankato, I'm sure I'll be able to meet people. Yeah. And there actually have been a couple of people from high school that have reached out. And, like, I know some people whose parents live there. So, like, we'll find people, I'm sure. But it has been really nice to live up here and, like, have a network that we've, like, made. Yeah, sure, and, like, definitely. People we know. And then, like, uh, our church, we've, like, gotten close to a lot of people there. It feels very much like a community yeah, I, uh, being a person of faith, I should probably find a church. I should probably find an actual community. Well, I, if I can outside recommend my, uh, Salem English Lutheran Church. That's nah, probably not going to happen. It's <laughs> just <laughs> straight up not going to happen. You should go to Timmy's church. Nah, I'm not, I don't feel good about that either. Because, like, I feel like there's, there's a... Uh, it would be weird to see your best friend, like, no, no, not at all. Not at all. But at the same time, like, I don't want him to ask me, what do you think of the sermon? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, uh, but also, um, like, I feel like because of the nature of Tim and I's relationship, uh, <laughs> in the sense of in the sense of like what he discloses to me, uh, uh, not that he discloses any sort of confidential thing necessarily, but like his his, I am his. Uh, father confessor so to speak i am mm. the person that he uh uh can come and talk to who doesn't know these people or doesn't know oh, you know so like if so i that'd were to be go, awkward and you're like oh that's that person well it, like i don't know their names he never uses their names uh, very yeah. very rarely has he ever and it's usually like jim you know so it's like pff, there's a thousand gyms but uh it would be a conflict of interest in order to if i were to go to his church plus there's a lutheran church Two blocks over. That's ELCA that I could probably slash should probably go to because it's my neighbors who go to that. So I, should, I feel like I should become part of a community that's nearby. I I stopped going when I was in college because I just I did too. Well, like, I stopped. I haven't been to church on a regular basis in a very long time. But at the same yeah. time, I mean, even today I read some really dense theology. So. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of make up for it, I guess. Yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. But there isn't that community aspect. Mm-hmm. But when I look at my life, uh, uh, when I look at my my history of networks of people, and this probably plays a big role, um, it's not just family, but friends. Like, I take a look at my life, and I'm like, 
grew up in a small town, so you have a tight-knit community there. Uh, my graduating class was like 63, 65, something like that. Uh, and then I went to college in two towns over, mm-hmm. which was the nearest bigger city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by bigger, I mean like 15,000 people. Um, Waverly, Iowa, I went to Wartburg College. But I went to Wartburg College because I knew people at Wartburg College. Uh, and then I started in, then I yeah, gained friends through other friends kind of a thing and like through my work study job. Uh, and then the best of those friends ended up going to grad school with me. Mm-hmm. So then going to California, I was like completely leaving people that were have been connected to me indirectly my entire life. You know, like I knew yeah. this person through this person through this person. Like there's a chain as opposed to like I moved here. And now I have nothing. So, like, I didn't know how to build my own relationships through myself. Like, like mm. by, like, blindly being like, hi, my name is Peter, kind of a thing. Yeah, uh, well, because in the Midwest, it's a lot of who you know. Like, oh, you're part of this family. Yes. Or, oh, yeah, there's just a lot of people. Or, like, oh, you're so-and-so's friend. Or, like, like it's knowing somebody. It's getting to know a friend of a friend yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah, that kind of happens more. Yeah. That's true. And so, it's, like, breaking into that took a lot for me because, like, yeah. it, it, it's something that I hadn't uh, one I hadn't done in a long time or don't do very often. Uh, and I, that was the only way I could go about doing something was to break in mm-hmm. uh, with complete strangers. Mm-hmm. And then, like, doing that friend thing of, like, ooh, turns out you're a racist or, ooh, turns out this or that, like – yeah you have to try on a bunch of different people really yeah yeah and so finding friends is tough tough. no i mean because like i definitely had a really good experience at plu but i mean the beginning was pretty terrifying and just yeah kind of putting yourself out there i even remember like i found a girl like early on like the first day like after my parents had left um where i was feeling kind of like oh like i didn't think about this part Yeah. yeah and like she was from the town that my dad teaches in and I was just like oh my gosh you're from there and I thought she'd be excited and she was kind of like oh you know yeah yeah (laughs) and then uh I got made fun of I don't even really have that much of a midwest accent but I guess the little bit (laughs) the little bit I do have okay well I've been around a bit now oh oh geez yeah Um, I didn't have an accent like that either until I moved up here but um Maybe but yeah, so I got made fun of that, which made me feel like bad about myself. <laughs> and then, I mean, yeah, I found people that um, I was in choir the first couple of years. And I met some awesome people through that and through my classes and um, even through like, uh, I think they're called like jam groups. It's like your orientation group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of my good friends that I'm like, actually, I'm one or several friends that I'm still friends with today. I was in that group with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just takes a while of just, like, sorting out, like, you know, getting to the level where you can really, like, be really good friends. And Definitely. It takes, it takes yeah. a while. Sometimes with people, like, you get lucky, and it's, like, super quick. Um, sure. But, yeah, with some well, people. Well, in college, in college in particular is designed, especially at the beginning with orientation groups and stuff, is to meet people. Yeah. Like, and they kind of force you to do that, which is super nice. So, like, it, it, once you start college... Uh, uh, you are forced to meet people, and then therefore you're forced to socialize, make friends. And that's like undergrad, but with graduate stuff, like nothing, nothing. And then like like even the people in your own department, yeah, you're like I have nothing in common with you. Like the fact that we're getting the same degree boggles my mind because we're so different people. Yeah, and we study the same thing. How is that possible? Yeah, or there's I mean there's still people in my department, and I'm in a small department. I don't think they know my name. Like, this is professors. Like, sure. I don't think they know my name. My department's, like, not super friendly. So, like, people will pass in the hall and, like, just, like, just stone face. Like, yeah. It's like, this is very strange. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and that's, that's kind of not the stone face stuff and, like, not super friendly wasn't necessarily my department. But it is, like, <sighs> well, the, the department has now been dissolved. Uh, oh. They, the, well, they revamped the um, PhD program at the GTU, so I'm going to have to refigure out how to do stuff, But oh um, which should be really interesting from several thousand miles away. But um, uh, there's a huge difference between ethics and um, social theory as far as the students go. Like, as far as professors, you can, you know, they, they kind of, they get it. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, or if they don't, like... 
it's because they're weird professors, but they're known for that, that kind of thing. But the students are like, how do I describe it? The A lot of the ethics students who are like pure ethics, excruciatingly boring to be around. <laughs> Uh, uh, they really are. All they want to do is talk shop. Uh, oh, uh, I know. And all yeah, okay. they want to do, and it's all about like really nuanced philosophical things that like really doesn't matter at the end, or like they're reading something, and you're like, I didn't get that at all from it, and then uh, uh, they see the world in a very not black and white, but in a very specific way. Yep. And then your social theory people are more like, well, the world is chaos. Pick something and then go with it because it's it's all bullshit. Yeah. So it's like this weird That's a dichotomy. Weird yeah. yeah. Uh, and apparently, never the twain shall they meet. Like or whatever. How you say that? that yeah. They should never intersect. Um, That's. I think there's kind of a mix of people in our department with scientists of because um, I've gone to our department's happy hours and then. Uh, different department that's like in the same building as us and there's yeah there's some people that just talk logistics on equipment that i've know nothing about because it's a very broad topic department of soil water and climates you can't climate scientists yeah gases and i and i can understand why they do that too i it's but i'm just like do you have hobbies well that's just (laughs) it that's just it that is their hobby that's like, that's how like, they do it. It's like that is their life, and that's why me, they're like really yeah. smart but unapproachable because they're like that's all they know. I guess, yeah, because it's just like I never, I never wanted to be a grad student that was working on stuff all the time because that's not me. I like being a well balanced person. Sure, yeah. Where and I like if I could, if I had a work ethic that was worth anything, uh, uh, I'd be a lot more nerdy than I am. Uh, but I don't. I have like. It's not ADD or anything. It's just apathy. So I have a Mm. lot of apathy of like, who gives a shit about this particular thing? No Mm. one. And so I'll move on to something else. And usually it's like, well, this is the history of farts. And so, uh, (laughs) but then I'll like include that book of the history of farts in some paper. Yeah. uh, Because why not include all the aspects of your life in it? And, and, And it shouldn't just be focused on one thing. But that's funny. But also, I think depression does that to me as well because it I can't focus on it when you one thing. That's what it yeah. is. I don't have ADD. I have depression. Well, yeah, because you kind of are just like, what's the point? Yeah, what's this the point? Like, like I've I understand this point. Why would I dwell on this very insignificant uh, uh, understanding of a word? You know, yeah. like let's move on with my life. Let's get a yeah. broader sense of things. But at the same time, I want to get a very I want to get a broad on a very specific theme yeah but it's super broad on that theme i don't know it's yeah weird. i don't know i don't know either but i also think like having depression you can kind of call out people's bullshit like because like the whole hierarchy of like academia Ugh. just like stuff that's kind of just like there because of tradition you're like really yeah really like yeah yeah yeah, yeah well it's- so i just like i have very little tolerance for well you're able to deconstruct uh, bullshit because uh you realize that everything is bullshit and then life is chaos life is chaos uh but you realize that everything is bullshit uh but since you're depressed you're actively looking to understand to prove that it is bullshit (laughs) and so and that's it really if like academia is one of the only places where you're like Oh, that's actually a good thing to do. Like, if you do that in any other part of your life, if you dissect your job and realize it's all bullshit, you're not going to have that job anymore. You know, like you're going to quit or you're going to be miserable no, for the rest of your life. And then, like lately, people. So, like with this new job, I've been explaining it to people and just like, oh yeah, I'm working for a soil and water conservation district, and. Um, people will like jokingly or even like sometimes seriously like, oh, you're saving the world. Like you're saving the environment. Yeah. It's like, Haha. no, like, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing some stuff, but like, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Casey and social work. People be like, thank you for your service. And just like, you I'm know, just doing a job. <laughs> like this is just the job that I'm good at. And, yeah. And then, but you are like, you have to realize that there is something bigger than that. But I don't do it, like, to be altruistic. Like, I'm interested in it. Like, I'm not, like, a saint. Well, you know? well, you do it because it's what you feel is... Uh, it's what you feel your vocation is. Yeah. Like, you feel like, I, I, I dig water conservation. Or 
I dig just the yeah. or like I dig water or I dig this or that. Yeah. Or yeah, like I mostly in this job I'm just excited to connect landowners and citizens of this county with science and Boom. conservation practices. There you go. Like that's what I want to do. I like to communicate science and just be See like, that that broader thing than than that uh, than the altruism piece of like, oh, I'm helping save the planet. Like I that is to me it shows that like, oh, uh, I dig this as uh, more it, this is my career. This isn't just a job to me. Yeah. Or and this isn't just something like, oh, I have to feel good about myself. Like, nope, I want to center my life around this thing. Mhm. So Good on you, uh, but moving I, I mean, yeah. is gonna fucking suck. It's just it's not gonna be yeah. fun. Although, you know, like I haven't really had to commute in a car for a while, so like it's gonna you know like driving from Albert Lee to Mankato sure. will be a little bit of a hike every day. But been having some good times driving in my car, listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers lately. So sure, I yeah, think yeah. it'll be all right. You know, after you know spending a couple years biking and busing everywhere, you know. Yeah, well, it'll be, um, quote-unquote, more convenient. Yeah, well, it'll be a little bit of, because I, I kind of use buses, like, me time in the morning. Like, yeah. Because I, you know, usually I'm rushing to the bus and then kind of, like, use the bus time to, like, all right, get ready for the day. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, my yeah. human face and, like, you know. And so driving kind of, you know, I'll have my coffee and tunes and just, you know, get ready for the day. So, whatever. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cars and bikes uh, have been have been a topic of, that I've been very interested in lately. Lately, watched several documentaries in the past couple of days about cars and bikes. Just about like their development is, I mean, because this this nation is just a huge car. Yes, yeah, like yeah. yeah. Like, like there was a lot more bikes, uh, uh, you know, before cars. Like uh-huh. people were like, that was our, that's our mode of transportation. And then once cars came in, well, um, we also had railroads. Yes, railroads like mass transit, uh, rail cars, uh, trolleys. Yes, yeah, all that like kind that. of stuff was like very, very popular, very, very big, and with a few cars coming in and out. Yeah. But then once there's a big car boom, then. Uh, uh, they start building wider roads and all that stuff. And so, like, L.A., for instance, 70% of the area is devoted to roads and cars and parking. Jeez. I mean, like, that's... that's insane. Yeah, that, that's, it, you buy a car, we all own the streets, right? So, like, city planning around cars mm-hmm. is nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not around transportation because there's much more efficient and faster ways to do it than build big interstates that get jammed up yeah, with, with more like, cars. Like a car with one person. Like it's always yeah. one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense transportation wise, pollution wise. It, yeah. I mean it makes sense because there is this sense of freedom. Because like having been tied to you know, do, taking the bus or taking the bike and figuring out how am I going to get here. Yeah. There is, like, this sense of power and almost empowerment of just, like, I'm going to get in a car. I'm going to go there. And just, yeah, but, like, I mean, is that something we should feel? I don't know. I mean, you know, it, like, we live in a community and we live in a society. We live with other people. Yeah. Why does that power have to be there? I don't know. I don't know. I've wondered that because I, I do sometimes just really like driving and listening to music I think oh absolutely it's, absolutely i think it's more like you know on highways and stuff because like city driving is not always pleasant well uh, yeah i guess i guess for me like getting from city to city a car is great because it's much more efficient and faster than you know bike or or uh, uh yeah. even a train for that matter yeah um, i mean there's starting to be more infrastructure here but it's still like it the city was not built for that it was built. No, it was definitely built for cars. Yep. It was not built for bicycles or pedestrians. Mm-hmm. And then what you have is you get rid of green spaces where people can come together and like uh, hang out mm-hmm. for the sake of people can drive on. That's then that's a that's a bummer. Uh but so don't lose your soul is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I won't. No, and, and like so Casey and I now have two vehicles, which feels really weird. Oh, we've, you do have two vehicles been, now. We've been a one-car family for over four years. And so now with this move, because he's going to be here, I'm going to be there, then um, 
we're going to have two vehicles, but we're trying to figure out like, okay, once we live in Mankato, just because we have two vehicles doesn't mean we should always use them. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I don't want, I mean, especially with the truck, it's just like. How yeah. big is Mankato? Like, is there a movie theater? I mean, is there that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's like 50,000 over 50,000. Oh, wow. Geez. So. Huge. Yeah. So it's good. It's it's like, I mean, when we were looking at moving, it really has everything that, you know, it's going to be different than Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Of course. But, yeah, but yeah. But at the same time, it's still going to have, a like, its own culture. Yeah. Definitely. So that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and by culture, I mean, obviously, there's culture in every city, but, like, young people. There'll be mm-hmm. young people producing. Well, there's MSU, so, I mean, we can go to the... You know, frat houses. And oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Party it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo, woo. Do some beer pong. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No. Yep. Definitely can. That uh, is possible. It is possible. Not but so how, how is the moving going? Like, how's packing and all that kind of stuff going? I mean, I'm mostly right at now packing up stuff that I'm going to, like, immediately need. And then, you know, like, stuff that's, like, vases like when are we going to use vases never so let's pack them in a box vase for the dead I have flowers, some flowers. I, have. I need a vase right now no i mean i just dried like, out these roses from prom and i need the vase for it <laughs> so just kind of random stuff like that mostly uh like i haven't done a ton of packing it's mostly like oh we have this giant pile of papers maybe i'll go through it and organize it so like yep Oh, I can recycle a bunch of it. So, yeah, it's mostly that right now. So, do you get to? Uh, are you having like um, nice little nostalgia trips of crap you didn't realize you had? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Eh, I mean, we still since we have a housemate right now, we didn't really need all of our stuff. So I'm guessing, like, there's still a, like dishes and stuff that are packed up in the basement that are just ready to go oh yeah sure yeah and um i think like once we get to our new place we'll be like kind of like oh like yeah 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 yeah. um but yeah i went through my books recently because i've been i'm trying to i'm such a bookworm and i love i love like just having a big library but i've been trying to take a hard look at like okay i haven't read this the entire time we've lived here i'm Uh not really going to read it let's get rid of it um, yeah. I, I went to, uh, uh, the garage sale days in Seward neighborhood and bought like ridiculous amount of books. So I was just like, if I'm going to buy yep. new books, I, that's kind of how I am with clothes too. I'm like, so I don't go to garage sales though. Cause there's always like some dumb shit knickknack that I'm like, this will look great. Well, I mean, this was like, I got the whole Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe series. Oh, like, nice. All, yeah. how many books are in? Like seven? I have no idea. Um, anyway, so it was the whole series and then like some other, it was this like couple doors down, this guy was getting rid of his like sci-fi fantasy collection. Oh, nice. So it was like right up my alley. Nice. It was like, <gasps> so it was uh, great. I yeah, got a, that's... I got a nice book of like Hans Christian Andersen, uh, fairy tales. So the real stuff. Oh, Hans, yeah. Not the watered down, uh, No, that Disney bullshit. Stuff. People die in these fairy tales. Mm-hmm. That's great. So. Uh, yeah, when I when I moved, yeah, yeah, when I moved to California, I had to get rid of a lot of my books, and I ended up I sold them all back to half price books, which is of course pennies on the dollar. I made like two hundred dollars. That's how many books I returned. <laughs> like I wow, to, box That's... after box after box. The, the those are all the books because I I pared it down to like I have all these for reference, and none of them I'm ever gonna read. It's just like, oh, I'll pull a quote from this and then use it as a citation. That's what a library's for. Uh, uh, so it helped that I worked in libraries. That's why I was able to pare down because I'm like, I will be able to see these books again anytime yeah, I want to. Yeah, that definitely helps. I, I, was such, I was so attached to my books that when I moved out to college, I did media mail. Like, oh, yeah. I did like a couple boxes. You bet. And mailed them to myself out yeah. in Washington. Absolutely. And then, I, then I did the same thing when I moved home because I was just like, it's really cheap to do it, mm-hmm. and then it's a great service too. And then you just uh, get your books. Yeah, there's no reason. There's also a uh, uh, you should get yourself a stamp that says library rate on it, and then you'll get some really cheap. <laughs> nice. Is it? Yeah, because uh, uh, that is one thing nice about postal. The postal service is that um, the actual postal service, not the band, uh, <laughs> uh, is that they'll ship books for really cheap. Yeah. Because they have library rate, which is really really cheap and then they have media mail which is 
if you were to if you were to send the same amount of weight of stuff versus books, it's like several times more. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like a huge box and be like eight dollars or something. Yeah, 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 it's great. Yeah. Well, that's because um, you can chuck them around. Yeah, well, they're books. Yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? Ah, books. <laughs> Fragile. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to talk about for? Um, oh man, I think that's moving it. stuff. Mm, all right. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, until next time. Bye bye. I'll take care. <laughs>